0: Whether or not you should dig these out again. So, if you're ready for an 80s music deep dive from Aha to Wang, Bowie to XTC, Madonna, Hair Metal, New Wave, and all points in between, then crank the boombox, turn your Walkman up to 10, and let's go! Welcome to 80s Music Exposed. (laughs) XXXXX. X, 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 X. <laughs> what are the X's about? A, a reflex.
1: And how many X's? Oh. Reflex.
0: XXX. X, X, X. Isn't
1: that the it went? Pick, 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 I didn't
0: Remember? get the reference. I didn't get the reference. Anyway, welcome to the show. Uh, I'm joined by my friend. Hello. This is Chris. And Megan.
1: Hello. This is Megan. I <laughs> 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 I'm
2: not Henry's friend. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know who he was talking about there either. You're my friend too. Good
1: to know where we stand, Henry. Whatever.
0: Guess how many podcast episodes there are in the world of our show? No, just in the of Ugh, like too many of all time of all available episodes that people could download a billion. I mean, Ugh. hell, no. There's not a billion, realistically. Give me a realistic One billion. There's not one billion podcasts. Okay, how about one billion?
1: I don't know. It feels like there is. I
0: I agree. There are 30 million podcast episodes in the world. So our listeners have 30 million. It's not a big deal. There's 30 million other things they could be doing right now. Besides listening to us,
2: there's 30 million episodes of Wheel of Fortune out there. Who gives a shit? <laughs>
1: maybe our, maybe our segue is making so, sense now. So
0: all I'm, I'm saying going. is that our listeners are discerning, and we appreciate that. You. We appreciate you listening to us. They might have discerned
2: their way right off the, uh, right off the episode here. <laughs> After- In fact, Henry, I think you were going to bring up that we've got um, some listener hate mail this week.
0: Oh, my goodness. Do we? Mm -hmm. Um, So where do I start? (laughs) One moment, please. Start with the hate. So we receive messages all the time. Our last episode was uh, about Huey Lewis, right? It was. It was a a complete episode. First of all, we we started dedicated to Huey Lewis. We started out two weeks ago. Got a message from a guy who doesn't like podcasts. Straight up, he just says, "I don't like podcasts." He was at a (laughs) client's house. And quote unquote. So after that entrance
2: statement, it's pretty safe to say he was not going to like. He
0: said you should go. Everybody go to our Twitter account. It's at Eighties Exposed. And look, you'll see what the guy says, I don't like podcasts. I was at my client's house, and they were listening to us. And the guy immediately goes to Twitter and says that he's annoyed with us and that we don't know anything. <laughs> Called us out with a mention, like actually found us, did the at knows how to, how to troll us completely. Go go to our uh, our website, uh, 80 com. There's a blog post there that shows an example of some of these ridiculous tweets people send us sometimes. Hey, we made an impression. That we got feedback about Huey Lewis, right? We, we also, I don't
1: know. The hate mail that we've gotten, though, has been so weird, like just weirdly worded. Including the like I was at a client's house. Like why even mention that, I guess? I don't
0: know. He was telling the world he was telling the world that he hated us. (laughs) (laughs) Utter shit is what he said.
2: (laughs) The other the other person I think that sent us an email said um not that he hated us because we didn't know how to use Wikipedia.
1: No
0: oh no, that was a that was a podcast review.
1: Oh, so that what, is not that,
0: true, I use it every time <laughs> yes. Anybody that listens to our show knows We know how to use Wikipedia He says, oh, if you have a friend that knows how to use Wikipedia Alright, so th- we have an opportunity, really we- Now I'm glad you mentioned that We have an opportunity to fill folks in on the fucking goal Right? We are not a one-stop shop For information and a backstory on your favorite artist. You know, on every goddamn artist we do We do easy breezy, like FYI, one one stop factual update. The best that we can Google, the best on the Googles that we can do, we do. We do five artists when we do this, right? We do a deeper dive sometimes on artists we're not familiar with. We gloss over parts that you might not, you know, that you might think is important. This is an opportunity for our listeners to, to do what? Fucking talk to us Sound off It's, yeah. a, it's a community And yeah. guess what We're not always going to like The records you like Yeah And that's part of the fun Yeah and that's the fun of it And I like getting the email too when people say Yes Yeah like Jason sent us an email That said we rock and suck At the same time <laughs> <laughs> Which is nice It would be Even if he lit
2: into us It would have been fine I though. like getting the hate mail It's perfectly fine I just know that If you're a Quiet ride yeah, expert yeah. You're probably going to know More than me <laughs> Yeah So Tell don't get don't get angry about it mm. Henry, we also decided earlier, like a couple days ago, that we were going to read all the the stuff that we normally read at the end, at the beginning.
0: Yes, because we want to give folks an avenue to come back to us, right? Sure. Um, So um, if you like the records that we're uh, reviewing, please consider subscribing to the pod. You'll have our newest content downloaded to your device. You can like, rate, and review us. If you have nice things to say, say that. If you had mean things to say, maybe keep it out of our pod <laughs> review and send me a hate tweet instead. Just a thought. Right? Would you help us out. Help us know? out. Help a brother out. Uh, you can uh, review us on Apple Podcasts, other platforms like Stitcher, Pandora, Spotify. You can chat us up on Twitter, as many of you have figured out. <laughs> at 80s Exposed, email us at 80smusicexposed at gmail.com dot com just like Jason did. New website 80 smusicexposedcom dot com ww dot heard about it never seen it. It's great. Blogs are over there. I say things. Can't it's wait. constantly being updated. Be updated a little bit more next month. Um, you can also leave us a voicemail on Speakpipe. If you go to our show notes you'll be able to see a link to our voicemail. Drop us a line there. Um, we can hear your voice. That'd be good. Chris, what's your Twitter handle? At TCI Duke. And mine is at Hank G. And Megan, your Instagram handle is?
1: Bastards of Young 92
0: Very good. So now you can hold us all accountable collectively and individually for our choices and discussion today. Do you remember, Henry, um, a
2: commercial that used to be for, I think it was for something called Micro Machines? Yes. And they had this guy that read stuff really quick. Uh-huh. I think I could do that whole segment in under...
0: Five seconds. Are you thinking about? You're not thinking about the um, FedEx guy.
2: I think he went to multiple. Did he? I think he like branched out and did uh,
0: multiple. Yeah. Why
2: don't you work on that for next week? I want it done. I'm going to edit it down to 10 seconds. I want them to
0: hear it. Oh,
2: okay. Sorry.
0: Rather than as part of the game.
2: This is the Micro Machine Man, presenting the most midget miniature motorcade of Micro Machines. Each one has dramatic details, perfect trim, tremendous styling, precision paint jobs, working wheels, Micro Machine cars of S variety, including Lamborghini, Trans Am, Corvette, 4 4 Blazer, pickup charger, and many more.
1: Micro Machine planes, polished, perfect precision, like f sixteen Corsair
2: Space Shuttle, P-51, Mustang Micro Machine, boats, a fabulous fleet of Tugs, PTs, and Speedboats. Right. Okay, how about some significant events from November of 1983 to get us in the mood? Please do. So, uh, Martin Luther King Holiday was signed by ronald reagan in november of 1983
0: can you believe that and i I mean wasn't it many years later when they actually started recognizing it yeah Uh,
2: around this i don't remember it being recognized till the 90s Like i don't remember in the 80s anybody doing anything so what i guess
0: it was a federal holiday but then the states individually started recognizing that stuff
2: I guess. Hey, on yeah. November 20th, a 100 million people watched a network television movie made for TV movie called The Day After.
0: I clearly remember this. I was afraid. There was fear involved. I feel like, I don't know,
2: because I we've done enough episodes now that I'm not 100% sure, but I feel like we talked about this
0: movie. We've mentioned it. We've segregated to it before somehow. Okay. Really? Yeah. yeah. I remember I, talking about it. I remember... One of our former, one of our other episodes. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Megan, do you, have you ever seen that movie?
1: I remember the first time I became aware of it was through um, I Love the 80s, that show on VH1. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Right.
0: There was a lot of hype surrounding it. And one of the reasons why was because all the parents were warned about maybe you shouldn't let your children watch it because it could disturb them.
2: It did. And at the end of the movie, just
0: everybody gets vaporized. They lonely. would have drills at school and have us get underneath desks and things like that. So it kind of made Which is hilarious. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: Get under a desk. That'll save like, you. let's pretend that there's something you can do. <laughs> but even though it was made for TV, and I think if I think if you went back it wouldn't hold up, it probably look terrible. It starred Steve Gutenberg.
0: Yes, I knew I
2: remember John that. Lithgow
0: really mm-hmm.
2: joe beth williams who was just about to do poltergeist how about mm. that and uh amy madigan do you know who amy madigan is? the name sounds familiar she's in a little movie called field of dreams oh yeah the, yeah. she's yeah. the wife in field of Dreams. i remember her yeah yeah okay so uh what else we got to get people in the mood i'm sure that's really getting everybody excited all
0: right and on a lighter note the radio shack debuted the 10 2000 now we're getting somewhere the Tandy
1: 2000 What the fuck
0: is that? I, I remember the Tandy 2000. Guess how much memory was in a Tandy 2000? 8 bits. 100 oh it ranged <laughs> from 128k to 768k. Wow. Powerhouse. Eight, 896k if you modified the shit out of it. <laughs> How many floppy disks would it hold, Henry? Oh, uh, one or two, 720K, five and a quarter floppies. Five and a quarter. Megan, that was the big one. Do you remember the
2: five and a quarter floppy?
1: No. Floppy disks, I mean, I remember seeing them. Like, they were definitely around, but I think the floppy disks were kind of, by the time I was, like, of the age to be using them, you know. they were a little, like, you know, Past their prime, I think.
0: In this uncertain and bewildering world of personal computers, the Tandy 2000 stands apart. In power, speed, and graphics, the Tandy 2000 is clearly superior. All right, we want to talk about some albums, (laughs) man. Let's talk about
2: some albums. (laughs) Sounds good. All right, the first one we're going to talk about is by a band called Eurythmics. The album is called Touch. Touch. It is an all music four point five star album. It is a Rolling Stone five star album. It was number four hundred and ninety two on the Rolling Stones' greatest LPs of all time list until twenty twenty, when it got
0: knocked off the list. You are such a completist. Like this one was on the list, and got hell. This one knocked down from number three. He's like the new Casey Casey.
2: (laughs) It had two hits Hits on it in America. Both the hits were Here Comes the Rain Again and Who's That Girl, and we're going to play a part of Here Comes the Rain Again. one of those uh, ubiquitous songs from the 80s. And I and I want to start by saying I, I like Eurythmics a lot. Right. But And I think Megan has expressed this in the past before about there's a certain subset of songs that even if you like them, they're like the canon, not canon, I don't want to use that word, that's my word.
0: They're like... TM, trademark.
2: Yeah, they're <laughs> just like when people say 80s music, there's like this and Men Without Hats and a couple other songs. And it might be unfair for this song, but I feel like it's one of those...
1: I love this song. I I think this is probably my favorite Eurythmic song. In terms of what you're saying, I think that Sweet Dreams is probably Most that song for them where it's like it's so 80s it hurts, right. you know. Okay. It's like everything but, like her look which you know that's something so- about this record, do you think it would be as iconic if she didn't look the way that she did at the time?
2: hundred percent, no. I don't yeah. even know if they would have
0: made it without the look and the videos. Well, she was as much of an actress as she was a singer. Which was know,
2: perfect for the, the time eggs. because video acting was as an yep. important piece of the
0: pie. This, this album, though, last uh, podcast... You had me singing "Sweet Dreams," so it's like the, that song from that album "Sweet Dreams" was still being played on the radio when they released this one in November. Yes, so there was al- it was almost like in the eighties there was no stop to the Eurythmics. Pat, it was like "Sweet Dreams" and then this one.
2: Yeah, you they know? almost came out within a year of each other. They came out like yeah. in, in nine months of each other. So I think they had some of
1: this
0: pretty wild, ready to go. Yeah, they were mysterious. But Dave, just, Dave Stewart was the quiet one. She was like he would, but it was weird. He wasn't really
2: Sean wasn't really quiet in the way he dressed and everything. He was no. pretty flamboyant, but you couldn't look at anything but her because she had that haircut. Which now I don't even understand why that's that wild of a haircut. It's Just a short hair. I always felt like of the two, you, you know, think like, the
1: color a that lot. The color.
2: If he was, do you think it was because she she came off as androgynous, but also. Really pretty, yes. Yeah,
0: definitely considered sort of non-threatening. Well, I
2: I I always kind of thought of it the other way. Like it did threaten me because she did look like a boy,
0: but Mm -hmm. I was very attracted to her. I was I I assumed she was gay.
1: Isn't that funny how, like, at that time, because sure, sure. I probably, when I was a kid, I would have even assumed that she was gay just based on her hair, which mm-hmm. it's, like, now, obviously, so different. It's, like, I would never assume anybody's, like, sexuality, especially based on, like, hair. It's right. just funny, like, how much different that is now.
0: She had an unstoppable kind of R&B voice, but it wasn't—I I don't know that you could call it—I think the music had this— distance this level removed from it that reflected computer culture and then her on top of that was a unique sort of experience it I don't think you could call his music warm well that but that's I think that's the album. thing
2: that all I, has always interested me about your rhythmics because I feel like in a way their first couple albums mm-hmm. they were you guys are going to be mad at me for saying this. It was very calculated about what would work at the time. Because after this album, they I think they, they start to become, the two of them, what they always intended to be. And Dave Stewart intended to be a guitar god, rock guy. And she, like you just said, always wanted to be an R&B singer. And I feel like mm-hmm. it's weird because these first two albums are like, to me, like they are a contrived new wave synth band, mm-hmm. but they do it so well; they nail it.
0: The songs are un- unstoppable.
2: But mm-hmm. I don't think
1: that well. That's they're talented. What they, I think talented. yeah, That's yeah. the biggest part. But I don't think like, that
0: they're both very good at what they do. It's it's valued form over feeling.
2: But I don't right? know that they really? that they would say this is um, their best stuff because I don't know that they ever felt like this was what they were. I think like. I've always loved her first solo record, right, and to me it's very much like an r and b um adele kind of like big diva kind of thing, and I always think she thought of herself as becoming that Dave Stewart is now known as much as like a guitar god kind of guy as he is and a songwriter and a songwriter too. sure you know? so I'm gonna go ahead and tout it now because mm-hmm. um we don't cover soundtrack albums sort of as a rule, yep. except for Purple Rain. Yep. Um, I think the best Eurythmics album is the one that I think is coming next called 1984, which is a soundtrack to that movie. Oh. And it does what you just said, Henry, t- to the nth degree. It takes the iciness, obviously because of the subject matter, Yep. to like the nth degree. And I think it's the coolest Eurythmics album. But I think that got this stuff out of their system because their next one is like a R&B rock stomper kind of album. After that? Yeah, with guitars and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's kind of like 1984 is the crescendo. Of the coldness? Yes, but there's
0: no hits on it or anything. It's just uh-huh. cold
2: as ice movie soundtrack, which I think is great. I but I
0: can't remember what that sounded like. I know it existed, but I can't remember.
2: Yeah, it sounded exactly like what you would think for a George Orwell future dystopian movie. But this album had hits on it, and apparently... I didn't realize until we started doing the research, a lot of people think this is an amazing
0: record. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I might like it more than I like Sweet Dreams.
2: I definitely like it more than the uh, first album. Megan, do you you think this whole album is... Did you know the whole album or just the hit?
1: I mean, I've listened to this album before because it is just like the cover alone, I feel like is just very iconic. So... Mm -hmm. And I liked the rhythmics, especially Here Comes the Rain Again. So I've listened to this album before. Personally, I don't really find them to be an album band.
2: Me either. That's great. I, I feel the same way. You know what
1: I mean? Yes. And, and I know that might offend some people, but like I just don't really, I don't think the albums ever stand out really as a whole. And it's kind of like, why is this an album almost? I don't know.
0: You, I think you're right.
1: Sounds bad. Yeah. But. I, well, it,
0: yeah, it, I don't think you could call it a cohesive work. It's like we're saying that they're chilly and have an incohesive record, <laughs> which sounds negative. But
2: it know. does. But it's like I, I expected at, when I started this, everyone saying how great it was. And I was like, I feel like they're just a singles band. I listened to it and I still felt like they're just kind of a
0: singles band. So there's band. only nine songs on this thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like nine very well made bricks given to you. You know yeah, I mean?
2: but some of them are not I don't know. The singles are so powerful to me that it's not, some of it's not as good. I would again say that the next the soundtrack album is a cohesive because I guess it was written around one idea which is the movie. So, mm-hmm. I like that one a lot better if you're going album, but these singles are unstoppable. I mean, they they're they're so impactful that I am going to put this album on Chris's 80s music canon.
0: Oh. Really? And it it only took them three weeks to make it. It Took them three weeks to record.
2: Megan, I think for that album cover alone and their videos, I need to put that on the canon.
1: Well, see, that's literally what I was just going to say, too. Mm -hmm. I don't think people would feel this way or feel that way about this record if it wasn't for the overall, like the whole Package. It was like a perfect storm situation. It was like the look, the music videos, the timing of everything. Like it was just perfect for the time. So I think the fact that all of those elements were together is why it was 492. Because like 500 greatest records of, of all time. Of all time, I don't think this record is that great. I don't either.
2: <laughs> I have to agree with you, and just so just so folks know that I don't just put stuff on the canon I like. I am giving this album a thumbs down,
0: even even I though sh- it had such impact.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: it's very it's well.
2: You guys made me put Huey Lewis on there, so fuck it. This one is on there as well. It'll stand up the sports.
1: <laughs> it's, it's that was fair. I stand by my vote for <laughs> Huey.
2: I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> What do you guys give this album?
0: I'm Um, thumbs up on it. Okay. I I think it was uh, well-made and uh, important, and it was an introduction to a whole lot of people of techno music and dance music and all that kind of stuff. So worthy. Megan?
1: I'll give it a thumbs up also for similar reasons. Uh, Just, I mean, really, I would love Here Comes the Rain Again, and it's just kind of – like i mean you put it in the canon and i mean for that reason alone i do think that i would give it a thumbs up Would i ever listen to the whole record again probably not
2: yeah and i and i want to say both these albums it was it's negligible the difference mm-hmm. because they're both not great but 1984 is great that one's coming next and it's
1: a, I've never listened to that like oh. i didn't even know I think know we're going to be
0: surprised <laughs> i really forgot about it
2: i hope people will listen to it cuz i don't think we can cover it cuz I'm hoping gonna, i have them like, a,
0: like i had with cabaret voltaire or something like that anyway Mm-hmm. Um Okay. Henry. Moving right along. So the next record we're going to consider is by a band called Yes. And the name of the album is 90210. No. <laughs> I knew you were going to do it. Did you know that? You were going to go for the easy joke. It's 90125. And, of course, we're going to play the song off this record, Owner of a Lonely Heart.
2: folks you didn't you you didn't hear us talking behind the music but Megan asked if it was sped up and every time I hear that guy singing yes I think the record's playing too fast. The title he sounds of,
0: like the chipmunks. The title of the record is called 90125 and the reason is because it's their ninety thousandth album. That's not true. <laughs> Obviously Henry didn't go to Wikipedia. <laughs> it's their ninety thousandth to uh, uh and so, all music gave it a four point five on the album scale. What drugs were they taking? I have no fucking idea. So, if you if you could go and take a band and say, "Hey, we're going to repackage all your psychedelic bullshit for the '80s," and we're going to dress you up in with outfits that look like they were designed by somebody who saw too many Nagel paintings, right? And with angular shit and all of that, and you guys are gonna rock. What? Stop! That's what they Wait, did to you. Just yes. stop for a second, and for
2: our listening public out there, explain your comment about Nagel painting.
1: Because I don't see that. With you know the what S- Nagel? You uh, know what
0: uh, Nagel paintings were, right? Like it's angular, women, typically angular. You know outfits and all of that stuff. They dressed those guys up in that stuff when they would play their shows. God. It was bad. It was awful.
2: Okay, so I'm anyway, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, I gonna to, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm <laughs> gonna. <laughs> You're gonna what? I did a deep dive. Oh yeah. I'm calling a deep dive right here. Okay, so yes, had already broken up after their last record. Which yes, drama. I mean, there's
0: a bazillion of fucking. Well, the official
2: yeses. yes had broken up. Yeah. Three of the guys uh, got together with this guy named Trevor Rabin. Uh-huh. Rabin, Trevor Rabin.
0: He's a guitar player, right?
2: Guitar player, yeah. yep. He had some stuff, demos, that he was already got a record company on the hook for and started playing with the three guys that were left And mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. And they dug it. They were getting ready to go roll it out, and they were going to call it Cinema. The band was going to be called Cinema. Yep. And then they just decided, why don't we bring back the original keyboardist because... That'd be fun from Yes. It'd be fun or it'd be like... Well, they thought at the time it'd be fun. It turned out not to be very fun. It'd be fun or would it make a lot of money? Hmm. They thought it would be fun. And then here is the big mistake. This is what I'm calling the big mistake. They decided that Trevor Rabin couldn't sing the songs as good as one John Anderson, Mm -hmm. the former singer of Yes, who thought the band was just broke up. He was just like, hey, we're done. So his good buddy, Chris Squire, the bassist who is still around, I believe is the bassist. Yeah, he's, he's gone now, but yes. He went to John Anderson's house. No pun intended. With these demos. He didn't go inside. Do you know why he didn't go inside? Why? Because John Anderson's wife hated Chris Squire's wife. And he had his wife with him. So he couldn't go in the house. So John Anderson came out and listened to the demos in his fucking car. Uh huh. You don't get this kind of coverage on any other 80s show, by the way.
0: Story. Take notes, people. So, backstory John Anderson Depth. loved the
2: fucking demo behind the music. Couldn't bring Squire in the house because their wives didn't get along. Mm-hmm. But he rejoined the band. And then the producer said, You know, why
0: would we call this cinema? Yeah. Why start over again? You've got how many records and calling it yes? Everybody in the room is in yes. Let's call it yes. Right? Let's do yes. Let's reboot the whole thing. So, Henry,
2: my thoughts on the big mistake are this album. Oh, by the way, and the two guys that did actually leave yes at that point, they went on and formed Asia. you remember that little oh, bit about oh, oh, Asia? I that. Yes, yes. Okay, so there, we we can have a little we can have a little fist fight here. What was better, Asia Asia or nine hundred one two five by yes? I think Asia Asia was just a bit less sucky, uh-huh. but. The Poss problem, I, I, it took me a while to get here, but the problem is bringing that John Anderson motherfucker back.
0: <laughs> he sings like this every time.
2: Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to come at it. First. It drove me nuts. I think the songs are kind of updated for Yes. They are kind of 80s ish. There's like this keyboard that we just heard, like go, right. bing. but so, John Anderson sings like a fucking, what are those choir boys that sing like uh-huh. at the beginning of Rolling Stone song?
0: Castrati. Yeah, Castrati. He sounds like he's in the castrati. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh here's, here's the fascinating part about this. I read all I read all of that, a lot of it. But the fascinating part of this to me, it was produced by Trevor Horn. The Buggles of course. Guy. And before that, they did a record called Drama, where Trevor Horn was the fucking singer. He quit singing and just wanted to produce. And they did a tour. And made a record, and yes, people didn't like it. Mm-hmm. It's fucking amazing. It's the best thing I've ever he- heard from yes. Is this the one called, is this after drama? drama. Oh, yes. Drama. Okay. So if you can imagine, I think he's taking the piss from yes. I think he's hyping up all the the elements of the silliness of yes, all the tweedly bullshit. And, and putting it on 11, like the same guy who does Video Killed the Radio Star has decided, hey, this is what the music's going to sound like for all these little videos of people playing fucking Zelda. Because that's what it sounds like to me. It's so cartoonish that, it's, that my mouth is open. I listen to it all the way over here. And I'm like, holy shit, I never knew that Trevor Horn was in Yes!, I didn't either. This Mr. I invented the eighties. You and, know? And also, um we, and so, we've got another
2: cameo here what? of weirdness. What? This this Trevor Rabin guy, it when he was playing the demos at the record company, yeah, and they suggested he play them for the yes guys. Do you know who made that suggestion?
0: Yeah.
2: Mutt Lang.
0: <laughs> another uh <laughs> Megan's shaking her head like Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep, Mutt
2: Lang was involved in this whole debacle. You knew Listen, his Is Rick Rubin
1: going to make an appearance? Yeah, I couldn't. Fi-
0: I couldn't find a Rick Rubin reference, <laughs> but he might have. The thing about this album, though, the nine oh two one zero. I mean nine 90- oh. <laughs> I can't
1: not think of it as nine oh two one zero. I don't know why. The, it's the, just
0: the problem is they can't eighties their way out of this proggy influence all over it. Right? They did two records like this in the eighties. The, the the cover you know the the idea was okay let's make a break from the psychedelic stuff the normal yes logo looks like balloons that they blew up on the page you know psychedelic yeah dumb that's 60s psychedelic mushroom right. bullshit that right. they do right and and let's update it and so they made one on the apple 2e you know for the designer did that he did they made it on apple 2e and they, the the follow up which i'm assuming was just as shit as this is um it was called the big machine or whatever See now, I'm not, as, I'm
2: not as, as anti this album as you are. I'm, I'm going to thumbs down it, but uh, it, I, John Anderson ruins it. Also, just because you keep saying it, the, the label they were on is called Atco, and 90125 was the uh, number of the...
0: Albums that they've done in their career? No, no, no,
2: no. <laughs> was the catalog number that was right. assigned to the album. <laughs> Which, by the way, to be fair... Yeah. My friend Henry Gordon uh, loves, loves, loves that Factory Record.
0: Yeah.
2: Factory Records gave a catalog yeah. number to every album that I they did. ever did and, and new order records would come out as FAC one five four. Henry loves that. He
0: hates I that love At- that
1: too.
0: Henry hates that Atco has done the same thing. I hate it. Well I hate that that, that they've taken it and modified it for a shit tastic record like this. <laughs> Megan, did you like the record? Or have I slagged it too much?
1: No. I mean, it screams of, we need a radio hit. Yeah. You know, like, we need something that is going to be fun and, like, catchy. Um, I'm not a big yes person, but I'm not a big, like, prog person at all. So I've never, it's just not my thing. Yeah, and to be fair. Thumbs down for me.
2: Yeah, me too. But to be fair, if you are a big prog person, they're, they're good in the prog world. They're not, like hacks in the prog world. Great guitar
1: I, player too.
2: Yeah, and I'm not a prog guy, so I'm not like sitting here going, yeah, yes is great, but but you can't really slag on them for that. I think this is one of those bands, we've talked about it in the past, that's trying to do the 80s transition, and it just didn't work out. All right, cool. Let's move on from yes. Yes, please. Megan,
1: <laughs>
2: can you tell us what the next record's going to be?
1: Um, I can. So, it's by a little band called ran Duran seven and the ragged tire tire tiger. Oh my mm-hmm. God. I'm sorry. And so we had some hits on this record. One of them being union of the snake, which we're going to play.
2: different from the james bond theme song that they did it's they both have that little dun, dun, that wasn't dun, it. Dun. <laughs> that wasn't oh. it. i
1: mean i love a view to a kill but i agree with you i feel like the opening of the song it's very very try. duran duran which mm-hmm. duran duran is like that it's almost like they're a little too they sound kind of the same all the time oh just a little bit i like them but I, I, this song definitely is like standard Duran Duran.
2: Yeah, I feel like they like they were like, Can you give us a James Bond song? And they just reworked Union of the Snake, their their biggest hit. Off of this album, I also didn't know that this was the biggest hit off the album until I went back and looked. I thought the was it Reflex the was it
1: was bigger <laughs> than the Reflex. No way. Yes. No way. This the one reflex was, a, was the one.
2: This was a top. I like 10. the reflex was my joke at the top better. of the show. I know, but but believe it or not, it, maybe it has more staying power. But Union of the Snake was their only top ten song off the album. Also, just I know our listeners are dying to know this. I remember taking my allowance and buying this actual album and how deflated I was with it
0: were you deflated Aww. even at that age even at that young age you remember at
2: that young age when you bought an album you had to listen to it over and over because you were you were in yeah you were all in
0: you had to collect your pennies and,
2: like... and Rio was so good to me and this was just so I have the same opinion today I think this is the glossified Uh, We're out of ideas. We've been touring the world with two hit albums, and the record company wants another one, and we don't really care about the music now. We care about selling records. Mm -hmm. So let's gloss it up. Let's put a bunch of horn sections in there and backup Uh, R&B girl backup
0: scene. The jazzy stuff. Yeah. I really think in their mind... It's boring and smooth. in In their mind, they thought, okay, this is our Avalon. This is like... Yeah, like, it, well, yeah, you know. you're, you're probably right. Uh, but it didn't work out. You know how they'd say when when you're making a hamburger, when you're making hamburgers, you're not supposed to overwork the meat, and it screws up How are you going to tie that in? How are you tying that in? This record is the... <laughs> are over- you saying Duran Duran
2: overworks the meat? They overworks the meat
0: <laughs> on this one.
2: <laughs> I think it could have been good. You only they- get that kind of analysis here.
0: <laughs> they... they uh, they took it in the studio at what Montserrat or wherever it was and just obsessed over it. You can tell that they just went over and over every beat on this thing and mashed all mashed all the pop yeah, out of it well, or something. Well, all, the, all, the, all the fun shit. All that, the post punk
2: stuff that made their first albums, I think, a lot of fun. It yeah. this is also the album that drove John Taylor away mm-hmm. and was the precursor for forming of the power station. Um he was tired of all of that being told to them what to do. I think a lot of it was in the studio, the producers and the record companies saying, "Let's mm-hmm. gloss
0: it up. um Megan, are we being too harsh on it, or what? is time been better to it than we think?
1: I think it's really difficult to follow up like a Rio kind of record, um mm-hmm. even like no matter how many albums just because that is such a like defining record i think like no matter what during durant i don't think they can ever escape from that and mm-hmm. like this i don't know i i just don't really feel like it was that, that strong of an effort like i really like the reflex you need an okay song but like overall it just doesn't really feel like anything that special it's also and maybe that's just because rio was that good i don't know it
2: also sucks that they probably could have done a good record if they'd had a year to recharge the batteries.
0: Yeah. This is literally Agreed. like what
2: happens when the batteries are running low and the the record company helps you out. I suppose so. You know?
0: What about that cover? Did you find the cover to be kind of corny? Yeah, so the cover is like... I think I. That's where I. That's Nagel, but
2: Rio. is know Nagel, and Nagle, and, you know. And, I, and Rio's perfect. But yeah. that, this is like mm-hmm. this kind of reminded me of like what you were saying, Henry. Like let's try to make Avalon an Avalon looking kind of.
0: I think so. Cover.
2: I, it's really weird. Also, the name. I, I didn't know this till I looked it up. But seven is the number of people in their little group, mm-hmm. the five band members plus their two managers, who they felt were like. In a bubble at this point, like them against the world, and the ragged tiger was fame.
0: Oh, so okay. They're trying to tell us what they're doing. What the they're really trying to that. tell
2: us that this—they're overworked, underpaid, and like the reason they were even in Montserrat was they were going to take a year off from being in England, like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, because they'd made so much money they were dodging taxes.
0: Mm, um,
2: so it's all that kind of big rock star kind of stuff had just happened to them, and I. I mean, I'm sure it happens that everybody in that boat, record company screaming for more product,
0: right? Yep, yep. What, what if if Rio was, had like obscure lyrics? This this is even more. You 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 couldn't even discern what the songs are really about. You can't. What is the reflex? The I, reflex is a lonely child. Is it drugs?
2: Yeah, it's, inter- you know, it's is interesting. It, is that the gag I reflex? I even remember as a sex?
0: kid when I no, listened
2: like, to this album over. What the
0: fuck is it?
2: <laughs> when I listened over and over and over to this record, I always thought there were, they were talking about some coded language. Like, the, the whole thing seems... High
0: time is mm-hmm. no time for deciding. So that makes me think it's about drugs. The song makes no sense. <laughs> you know?
2: What, what, what's the Blue Moon on Monday,
0: about? What the fuck is the union of the snake? Yeah, there are people trying to determine what New Moon on Monday... Means and they, I mean, there's no end to the number of analysis people are going to like trying to go to Greek stuff and talking about the fall of Eastern Europe, communism, and all this stuff, which happened. Um, the whole album, the didn't, album was done before communism. <laughs> that I do, sense? I do have to say, it as a, but as people a child, say, that shit, Oh, it's the, prophetic. The
2: album <laughs> had a vague Dungeons and Dragons feel to it,
0: yeah, a little bit.
2: Like this, this coded what the fuck are they talking about? But this
0: about? is them losing their edge to Yeah. Me. Oh definitely. Yeah. yeah. Apologies to L C D, but
2: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this one a thumbs down.
0: Me too. Um, I wanted it to be better. In fact, everything that I read about before you know, before I listened to it, said this was, wasn't was their best work. But I heard the three hits, and I'm like, well, maybe this is better than I thought it was. But this is
2: also the last album of the original five members until they got back together in 2004.
0: So, so things start to wear thin. You know, some bands stick around forever. Rush stayed a three-piece for their whole fucking life. Yes couldn't decide what kind of band they were. They could not stick together. They weren't a gang of guys, it seems like. They were just interchangeable parts, like you'd put in a bingo thing and rush around, and whichever four pop out are the new yes. These guys were, were a gang, it seemed, but the pressure just drove them apart.
2: No, they get, they get really weird. They start adding the dude from Missing Persons and they start adding all kinds oh, of things. Oh, yeah, Warren
0: Chiccarella yeah. or whatever. At least they didn't. Do you
2: feel meth.
1: bad for Duran Duran at this time for how overworked they were?
2: No, because they were probably doing tons <laughs> of blow and they were living in Montserrat and they got to record in Jamaica. So I don't feel sorry for them. I feel sorry for us because they probably had a better album in them at the end of the day. Take just a break. Just give
1: given a little time. Yeah. You know? hmm. No, I totally agree. Because, <clears throat> because, thumbs that, down.
2: Yeah. And that, that two album arc they had, their debut and Rio, I wanted them to be one of my favorite bands. That's why mm-hmm. I went and bought this album. Like, as a kid, I was like, this is one of my bands. And then this turd was like, hey, well, I'll quick. move
0: on to the next album that we're going to do that. It's a band called The The. This is, you know, probably off the uh, shit we like uh, list. We kind of got this in here. Snuck it in here? Yeah, know? this is one we kind of snuck in, Henry.
2: You and I are both... Is it really November, or are we just sneaking it in November? We we kind of are just sneaking it in. We couldn't right. find a home for it. Yeah. I don't know that a lot of our listeners are even aware of the band, The The. Mm-hmm. Megan, are you a, a The The person?
1: Oh, yes, definitely. Okay, excellent. Okay,
2: excellent.
0: So this, this... Go ahead, Henry. So this, this is... Um, you know, many people... Officially, this is The The's first album. Officially. Officially. the Matt Johnson's solo record that came out two years before? Yes. Was rebranded later as a The The album. So when we all listen to to, to The The now on our machines, that's going to show... Um, Burning Blue Soul is going to um, show as the, the debut. Soul Mining will show as the second. But by the letter of the law... This is their first album. Yes. So, uh we're going to play um a part of probably, you know, one of their best songs. Uh this is the day. This morning, you didn't go to bed. You were watching the whites of your eyes turn red. The on your wall is the off. you've been reading some old letters. You smile Sun into
2: your eyes. You watch a plane flying across the sky.
0: We Such play, a good song. We play the whole thing. They're gonna take our pod down, so, <laughs> so we can't do it. I'm, you know, I don't. It's no secret I'm going to be thumbs upping this one, but uh, maybe we could talk about what, what did you guys think of it. I'm gonna thumbs down it. How about that,
1: <laughs> you ain't doing it. How I, dare you? I ain't doing it.
2: I thought about it a lot, and I was like,
0: I, I, <laughs> how can you thumbs down this out? <laughs> you just such being a good belligerent. Okay, I,
1: I It's such a cohesive album, too. Like, it just has a feel to it. And I just feel like Matt Johnson is just such a good songwriter. It, weirdly
0: enough, though, all of these things are true. You're right that it's cohesive, but it's not like they sound the same. Like, the, the record starts with like industrial pow pow all, all over it. For probably seven minutes, or however long that song is,
2: I think i'm thumbs downing it because I'm putting him on a higher level, and again, I do this sometimes i can't help it. I love mind bomb dusk and infected so much That's a, yeah. that this one to me for Matt for Matt mm-hmm. Johnson sounds too industrial dance poppy for what I know is coming next, plus and this is this is this is some high level shit i'm really so, praising him. On Infected and mind bomb, he basically predicts the future. He's basically singing about the problems we have right now sure. in the middle of the 80s, which is kind of creepy. This one, he's not really doing that. Now, he is playing with some of those
0: blocks. In fact, he, but not he to the uses level. the same lines on this. I don't know if you notice. He'll, he will transfer those ideas to other songs. Like He goes through this whole bit where he talks about not knowing himself. You know, or having very little self knowledge. Mm-hmm. That that idea, that thread, seems to come up in all of Matt Johnson's work. The the is Matt Johnson, by the way. Yeah, if anybody asks, there is really not really, a band. No. If people want to know, it's it's him. Yeah, so, uh, he is the only permanent member. Everybody else floats in and out.
2: I will say, there's a lot of growth from Burning Blue Soul to this.
0: Oh yeah, well, um, he recorded a whole record between that one. And this one that he shit can right,
2: and I would think I don't know what he thinks about it, but if I was him, I would Mm -hmm. leave the first one as just Matt Johnson, because the the, this this one and the others all go together much better than that one. Hmm. That one's kind of, eh, in my opinion.
1: Now he was so young, yes, when this album came out, he was like
2: twenty two, I think. I know, and that's another reason I hate downplaying it because he's a genius and like, but infected. Please, guys, infected so yeah. much better
0: than we're this. not even talking about that yet. I, I know, agree, I know, but we ain't talking
1: brand. about infected. It's the though. second
0: time in this conversation I you know. have put a record down because of the, another one that's coming. Your rhythmics get shat upon because can, the new record's good. Shat I can t-
1: upon. I can tell you.
0: <laughs> I can tell you. I did it. I did it to nineteen ninety nine. I did
2: it to 1999. And we, it's like you. mean I, I do this. It's a problem I have. It is people. a problem I have.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're not allowing people to grow up. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm
2: just. I'm just. I'm. One interest- compared to the other albums we're covering today,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I, I would kind of give it a thumbs up, but I'm going to give it a thumbs down.
1: We've talked about this is the day, but I don't know. I almost think Uncertain Smile. Yes. I mean, that song, I think too. That's the and best that one, and both of those songs are on this record. And I do like this whole record, by the way, but just those two songs are just so I, strong. I like, I like, like the the whole, this
0: record. I like this record. He I'm did just, the whole thing on Ecstasy. People didn't even know what that was. I know. Uh, we didn't know. No, we didn't start doing and anything. And Henry, we are until, we until are just
2: certified started. the the super fans. We traveled to, pretty much to Boston. We flew
0: to Boston to see this guy. And this
2: guy. we got to see the movie about it, about the comeback.
0: Mm-hmm. The night before, we yep. went to see the show. So So we're not it's not fair. We're not being fair to it. I mean, we're not fair judge, you know. We're that's, not why objective. that's why I'm getting That's why I'm getting a thumbs up. I think, right, you're trying to like Proving my credit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on my credit. <laughs> it was written, Thatcherism was all, you know, was the thing back then. It's You can tell by how it was written. It was all over politics and personal stuff.
1: Well, and there's parts of it that have a very nostalgic feel, too, mm-hmm. which is weird because, like, I wasn't alive during that time period, but there's just something kind of like whimsical about it in some parts that I really like.
0: He he wasn't Joy Division, but it was clearly post punk stuff. It's a fine record. I don't know what you guys are talking about, giving it a thumbs down. Everyone should listen to it.
1: I'm giving it a thumbs up. Right.
0: Megan's thumbs
2: up in it. Good. I oh, think I was
1: it's gonna say.
2: I think it's a fine record, but I'm still giving it a thumbs down. In fact, it infected's a lot better. We are How in dare a you. Piss. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna be shooting him outside. The next record I love. I certifiably love the next record.
1: The next record is stacked.
2: I love it. It's by Billy Idol, and it's called Rebel Yell, and it's got four stars at All Music. It got four stars at Rolling Stone. It got five stars at Chris Lennon's house. It's a great record. It had two, three, two hits. Rebel Yell, Flesh for Fantasy. I think the whole album's a hit. I would play the whole album if I could just play the whole album. But Henry says it it's a get, great
1: album. Yeah, we'll get
2: stracked. Henry says we get kicked off of. Something we'll kicked off of so I'm just gonna play a little part of Eyes Without a Faith. album is
0: canon yeah I, I don't mean, why are you guys falling for his shtick I have uh, no idea Damn. dude
1: why? you can not say this as album an adult is like, I mean when I was a kid it's like perfect 80s yes
0: yes when I
1: was a it's kid perfect. Life, it preach it the,
0: preach it Megan preach the, it bring it sneer This. Pra- I can't tell if the sneer is real or not Is it so what's wrong
1: with having like a, a persona Yeah, because it's so fake What's I mean, like about it? He was when in- you look at an artist like Little Richard or something, like did something similar, and like I, I don't think you'd say the same thing about that. I don't know. Like I think that. It was perfect for the time, especially like I punk in the late '70s. This is like MTV punk, like and it's he's gorgeous. It's not even real
0: MTV. Gorgeous. Punk. It wasn't even punk rock music. It
1: was pop. Music. Well, yeah, it's Steve like Stevens I said, is a metal MTV guitar player. Punk. Oh, oh, MTV punks. Hey,
0: y'all remember we did this whole thing? We laughed Sir. our ass off one day. Talking about Steve Stevens. Don't, don't get me started on this. Steve Stevens. Oh,
1: I agree. <laughs> and also, <laughs> he had a whole and thing. also,
2: hold up, hold the phone
1: a minute. But I can love him. I love time. him. He
2: is the new wave Johnny Marr. He's the ultimate oh, side he man.
0: Yeah, really... Too bad it's wasted on Billy Idol.
2: Also, Billy Idol was in a band called Gen X. Which was a bona fide yep. punk band in the fucking seventies, so he earned his sneer. Sell out. Johnny he Rotten He was in the
1: Bromley contingent. Thank you. Which was
2: like Used to be in the Susie Festivals. the Banshees. Johnny Sellout. Rotten. Johnny Rotten did a fake sneer and spit on people all the time too. That's part of the look. It's Don't so blame Billy Idol for it. It's so
0: transparent. What's this transparent? Guy.
2: Just, Steve Stevens is a great songwriter and a good guitar player, and Billy Idol's a great singer. And it worked. The whole thing works. Oh. Right, and the songs.
0: He wrote the songs, by the way. Yeah, and they all work. Mm-hmm. They're wonderful. I mean, kind of. Yeah. I, I find them shallow as shit. Like, I can't, I don't see anything
2: revealing.
1: Can we just have some fun, Henry? Yeah, that's what it Can is. we just like, have some fun?
2: Thank you. Can we just Can we have just,
0: a little fun? God, we <laughs> just covered Matt Johnson. He takes like a kernel of like a real, something that could be really deep and great and makes it real shallow.
2: Like, I disagree with that.
0: Like Eyes Without a Face? It it changes the meaning of the whole thing. I think it means something else.
2: I think you're digging too deep here. Exactly. This is fun. This represents like we're coming out of punk, right? We're coming into new wave. We're we're.
0: It represents the commercialization. We're much more
2: light than than the Sex Pistols, right? We're past all that.
0: It's not even the same thing. It's not. That's the point. It's not, but it co ops all the all the emblems all the emblems of that in this kind of cartoon way. I think you're missing the whole point. That is the whole point to it. That it's a cartoon thing. That it's fun. It's for children, yes. It's not I didn't realize it's
2: for teenagers, yes. Yeah. It
0: wasn't it wasn't it was fine for me back then. Today it doesn't do anything for me anymore.
2: I also think Catch My Fall might be the best song on the record.
1: Yeah, that's a really good song. That's a really too. good song. I don't know. I really like this album. I mean, Steve's, I think again, it's probably one of my favorite eighties
2: records too. Me because too. it
1: is the most. Like, if I had to, and by eighties I mean not just because it came out in the eighties. If I had to pick mm-hmm. a record that like embodied the eighties, this would definitely be in probably the top three. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm
2: with you a hundred percent. And Steve Stevens didn't just play guitar; he played bass, guitar, synthesizer, synthesizer, and keyboards. The pair of them are great together. They're like the Morrissey oh, and yeah. Marr of, of whatever it is this of, this is. Of, yeah like
1: Great songwriting team, I think. Yes. I think they needed each other.
0: I agree. I don't get it. But I don't buy a shtick anymore. I don't That's understand why I mean, it's a shtick. It's just a pose. It's all like, you know. All punk I mean, was just a pose. It's for him. A lot of
1: rock stars and yeah. rappers. Him, Do you think Johnny Rotten like sits around angry
2: of- all the time at home?
1: I don't know. Yes. I, ain't, I ain't talking
2: about Johnny
0: Rotten.
1: <laughs> well, it's a, he's the ultimate punk
2: rock guy, I'm not listening guy, right? to Johnny Rotten records. I'm listening to Billy Idol. Well, but you but you like to claim cred, like Johnny Rotten's I'm got cred, kid. right?
1: I don't know what he's got. To get. Billy yeah. Idol is he's the repackaged pretty version. Yeah, very much. So. The Sex Pistols, like he's the MTV I know. version really of, of it. It really turns me off lately.
2: But me. he but he lived the Gen X. Experience, so it's not like he didn't have mm-hmm. the bona fide.
1: He did actually have yeah, the, sure. the cred.
2: Steve Stevens is a big fat witch now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't think I get this point.
2: That's
0: pretty I mean, rock I don't and roll. Know if
1: he's like that fat. I wouldn't say big fat. I would just say fat. Okay, <laughs> I'll I'm, go get, with that. I'm catching like shit
0: for like. His <laughs> fans are gonna like. I'm a Steve Stevens for
1: fan. My head. But I would definitely give this record, obviously, a thumbs up.
2: Yeah, so <laughs> two thumbs up for this album. Big and,
0: thumbs up and a thumbs down for me and a boo for Henry. Thank you,
1: Henry. Oh my god. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my god. I can't believe what it. What did Billy Idol do to you?
2: Um, okay, so let's uh, let's wrap up with uh, our favorite album of the episode, Megan. I I'm gonna let you go first.
1: Oh, it's such a tough decision because like I'm torn between the the mm-hmm. and Rebel Yell. Mm-hmm. I think just because Rebel Yell was like I listened to this album when I was like in middle school and I loved it, so like it has a lot of importance to me and like a lot of nostalgia. So I have to pick it for that reason.
2: So you're going Rebel Yell. I am. I am going to go with you. I'm going Rebel (laughs) Yell. Fuck you,
1: Henry again. (laughs)
2: Fuck you, Henry. And if you're keeping score at home, folks, I gave every album on this episode a thumbs down but Rebel Yell.
1: (laughs) Really? I did. I I mean, I knew you gave. That's, well.
2: I know. It's weird. I didn't notice it till the end. I was like, holy shit. (laughs) But Very
1: yeah. negative tonight. Very negative, but I love Rebel <laughs> Yell. <Young.
0: Okay. laughs> there's no logic to it. <laughs> you get it. I'm going to go with uh, The The. That's my favorite Good. record of this whole business. Loved I'm glad
1: it. that somebody picked it Loved as it. the favorite. i got to
0: give him that after getting my ass handed to me about my Billy Idol hate. There's something.
2: there Megan, I think I just, there's something going on with him and his Billy Idol hate that, that we've I don't think it has anything to do with this album. I think we'll have to get to the bottom of this. I
1: think it's deeper than that. I do, too. I do,
0: too. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, I'm really attracted to him. I just hate it. I mean, I'm like that self-hating. Was. Like yeah, that self-hating guy. Like, no, no, Billy Idol, Super. No, not in my face. Of it. well, you know, we've given all our contact stuff at the front, you know. Yes, we did. Everybody we, already knows that the normal way we close the show down. Want to thank all of our uh, Patreons, by the way, who are uh, their contributions allowed us to buy some uh hardware for Megan so that we can hear a lot better. She's got some headphones nice. and a new blue ball microphone, so really appreciate that. And um, and thank you for your time and thanks for listening to us, Chris and Megan. Guess what. What's that? I made what? you a mixtape.